The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to the Rod and Staff podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co-host, Jason, and we are back for another uh, episode talking about anxiety and talking about a question that we received on this topic. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm going to start off with something a little bit new uh, and ask each other a couple questions about how our week is going so far. So are you a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of guy? It's going to depend on the question I ask. It depends. I, I think I'm a glass <laughs> half full kind of guy, typically. <laughs> okay, so then we're going to start with... <laughs> oh, great. What, what encouraged you this week? What encouraged me this week? Uh, this week was one of the weeks that I meet with one of the men's groups at mm. the church. And I want to say they're almost always an encouragement. Sometimes, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> But it was encouraging to be in the word with them and to talk about life with them and, and see some of these guys who are really interested in sharpening each other mm. and, and not just uh, intellectually, but really wanting to be better husbands, better um, fathers. Some of them are, are fathers. It was encouraging to see how iron sharpens iron. So that, that was an encouraging thing. That's good. What about the other side? What what discouraged you this week, or who discouraged you? This who week? discouraged you? This? Well, let me let me. Can you bleep the names out if I? I, I don't know. No. Uh, what discouraged me, or who discouraged me this week? Actually, I have to say that, uh, um, and and maybe there's a remedy to this, but you'll you'll understand in a second. What discouraged me this week is uh, Twitter, and I think uh, the remedy is I probably just got to get off Twitter, but um, just the discouraging aspect is how Christians are are not careful with their words you mm -hmm. know just thinking about Ephesians chapter 4 and the fact that we're not supposed to have these corrupting words come yeah. out of our mouths but those things only that are going to be fitting for the occasion and and that build up and I'm watching Christian Twitter, as I call it, you know, it's a bunch of Christians on Twitter that are not acting in that way. There's no grace in what's spoken. And you and I off the air talked yeah. about how often certain persons, personalities are completely canceled or destroyed uh, for misunderstandings, for things that are not fair in any mm -hmm. way. Um, so, you know, I, I, I often open up Twitter, start reading and suddenly get discouraged <laughs> so there is a remedy and the remedy is probably quit twitter or you uh, could just follow other people i don't know who you're following yeah you, you gotta share people. people with me so i know who i should be following all your biblical counseling people oh, it's, are it's so kind to each other <laughs> we build up we don't tear down each other oh man i, I just i do need new friends apparently uh, <laughs> what, what about you let, let let's start with uh, what what discouraged you this week before we go to what encouraged you? Um, uh, I, I think the main thing, and it, it happened yesterday, is I lost something important that I can't find. And I Are can't your kids okay? Are they safe? <clears throat> My kids, yeah, they're, they're fine. Okay, you didn't lose them. <laughs> Good. No, okay, I just wanted to be sure. A possession, oh, okay. and I cannot figure out how I lost it, and I can't find it. And I'm going to go home today and keep looking for it. 
So misplacing, I think, my fallen humanity. Yeah. And <laughs> but that can discourage us every day if we. I was gonna say, look brother, you need to store up your treasures in <laughs> heaven. See, where it won't be lost. Okay, if you lost your books, would you be discouraged? It depends on which book. <laughs> <laughs> depends on but which one. But it wasn't one. a book I lost. So. Um, what encouraged you then this week? Yeah, interesting. So, um, you know, I, I keep a prayer journal. I try to record so I can go back and and write how God has answered prayers. Nice. And there are some times where I go through these seasons where it seems like God answers so specifically but so quickly. Mm. And there were a couple of prayers I've been praying through the last month that I saw answers to that I had to go back and, and, and just record and remember. Nice. Um, that he's still answering our prayers. Um, Praise the Lord. Yeah, so that that was that encouraged me a lot this week. That, that is encouraging. That is encouraging. The God who hears. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get back into our topic that we began, or not began, but we had two episodes on, the last two episodes, talking about anxiety. Um, we noticed that it's it's a really important topic, um, we received a lot of feedback on it, uh, a lot more than our other episodes. Um, and so <laughs> we're finding <laughs> we have apparently have more than just three listeners. So that's good. <laughs> yes. That's good. <laughs> so we had a, a lot of people respond, which was great yeah. because we want to interact with those who are, are listening. Absolutely. Um, why do you think this topic was connecting with so many today? Yeah, I think we mentioned it on a couple of these or on both the previous episodes, but this is something that every human being, I think, deals with at some level, Mm -hmm. right? We all have those moments where we have anxious thoughts, concerns, worries. So I think that every human, just part of our fallen nature is to struggle with these kinds Mm -hmm. of things. And so I I think that's one reason. The other is we're still kind of in in this pandemic. Yeah. And for the last couple of years... Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, anxiety surrounding us, and I think that can't help but seep into our own hearts and our lives. You turn on the news, you you know, open your computer, whatever, you're, you're seeing it. So I think that that's pro- probably also part of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that as you, as even as you talk about that, we're in a much more connected world than we've ever been sure. with information coming faster and however we want it. So we can get the information we want to hear. But when you think about that and you think about the overload of information in a way where we made to process all of this so quickly, could our hearts truly process Mm. everything we're receiving? And does it not make sense that we're anxious? Yeah. Good question. You know, of how much is going on? Because when we didn't have so much social media, so much information coming at us every second a notification telling us what's happening right we don't know and we're i think we're more at peace but when we're receiving so much and in a time like this where it's often discouraging news we're hearing you know with the pandemic or things going on around the world it just makes sense that we're more anxious people we're an anxious generation yeah because of of how connected we are so with with the great and in, you know, technology that connects us, there's also the temptation, not temptation, but the, uh, you know, our humanity, yeah. um, that 
that's that makes, weak. Absolutely. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, you've heard the phrase before, ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason, you know, yeah. with, with much uh, knowledge comes more anxiety, with much more awareness. And it's funny you say that because within, I can, I can tell you, within the last week, I have spoken to six or seven different people mm-hmm that have different kinds of anxiety that they're dealing with. Okay. I mean, we're talking in one week, at least for each day, mm-hmm. including children, my own, <laughs> dealing with different kinds of anxiety that yeah. they're pr- trying to process. One of the guys in the church in that group that I was talking okay. about was mentioning just what you're saying. How can I avoid? I mean, I have to turn my computer off, my phone off. I have yeah. to ignore everything. Because the more I hear, yep. the more concerned I get. And as believers, you know, you hear all this. Oh, it's in, I talked to someone today. Oh, we're in the end times, clearly, you know. And so they're they're yeah. getting this information, like you're saying, and trying to process it all. And that's that's the cause of great anxiety. Um, and and I think there's 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 something else. It's not just all the information overload. But there's also something about, now think about what the Lord Jesus did in his uh, time on the earth. Mm -hmm. Every so often, he would go off Mm -hmm. and be alone. I don't know if he did hikes in the snow like you, brother, but... He did really early in the morning, too. You think (laughs) in the snow? (laughs) But, but, I mean, in in all honesty, we're just a busy culture. And I think that busyness, that doesn't allow us the time of reflection and meditation and silence and just going off and being alone with the Lord in prayer. And so some of those things are, are playing into our anxieties as well. Yeah. It's hard to disconnect when you live in an area like we live in. Yeah. When we live in a place where there is noise at all times, right? You just open up your door and there's noise everywhere. There's something going on. It's hard to disconnect. And that's why I leave the city and go into the mountains because it's, the, the place where it's quiet to reflect and yeah. be at peace and not worry. Like all the problems down here just go away as I'm just allowing my thoughts to wander, turn off the notifications. Don't it, it, it'll be there when I get back. Yeah. But there, there's something of just allowing your heart to rest and to be, uh, you know, yeah. you think about it when we do go off and do something like that. Right. Uh, even this morning I was going to meet my friend for coffee mm-hmm. and I got there a little bit before him and I was able to sit outside and there was actually no one else around mm. and it wasn't LA. And so it was quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear traffic or anything. I thought, yeah. man, but w- what's interesting is when we allow ourselves that time, we're also reminded of the fact that we don't, we don't hold the world in its place. I know. Yeah. Right. I'm not the one responsible for keeping the whole world mm-hmm. sustained and in motion and whatever, you know, I can, I can take a break mm-hmm. and, and actually that's a, a really good thing. I think that we keep busy. We're constantly moving because we think we have to, to keep everything under control. And that by itself, that thought of, I need to keep things under control will cause deep anxiety because we're not meant to keep anything in control yeah. we're meant to depend on the one who is in control yeah that's a big big deal for us and we're so busy today we produce it's it's the opposite of laziness we've gone to the other <laughs> extreme yep. and that has caused us to be anxious because we're doing 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 and we're trying to keep up and we have all of this happening and it feels good it's a good thing in a way to be productive with your life to steward your time you're, you're sure. doing things whether it's you know, for the Lord or, you know, in whatever context you're in, 
you're working, you're providing for your family, all these good things, but they're so overwhelming in this fast-paced, always-on, never-turn-off. And I and I admit that's me. I'm oh, yeah. always on there. Every minute I account for and I think through, there are very few minutes in a day where I can just stop. Right. You know, and, and it's always, always on, and that causes your 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 heart to to respond in ways that you know I, that's yeah, making me th- i can't help but think of of psalm four mm. now that you're saying that here's a free one for you guys okay um, <laughs> <laughs> i just it, it was it just made me think of psalm four and um verses seven and eight and it just it says you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Mm. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Yeah. That lying down and sleeping, that peace that comes from knowing that we're safe in the Lord. Yeah. Look, they have their wine that's abounding, their grains, you know, they've they've got all these worldly things that we are seeking after that whole rat race. Uh, but, but David is saying, no, actually my peace, my comfort, my rest is going to come from taking refuge in the Lord alone. Um, and it just, it's, it's something we, we don't do. And I, I don't, and you were mentioning, I don't build margin into my life. And I think that there's something very, um, I don't want to use the word sinful, but I think it's sinful. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's less than honoring to the Lord. Yeah to not to, to account for every minute uh and part of that accounting not include rest yeah which he he calls us to even sleep you know i used to take pride in the fact that i don't sleep yeah. you know that much you know and i'm like no that's not something to be proud of it's something to to go back and re- you know repent and yeah i think it was a book i read i think it was called reset by david murray if i'm getting the author right mm. <clears throat> and he talked about sleep as being um, in, in so important and what his the point he was making was he said the way you handle sleep and and, and think about it tells tells a lot about your theology of God mm. tells a lot about your understanding of the sovereignty of God yeah. because when you sleep you're releasing in a sense your 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 so-called control over the world and you're resting in in God Absolutely. that he is in control and you're not doing anything productive in a way but you're also recognizing that the body was not meant to always be on that it it is refreshed by sleep and yeah i i wonder how much of our anxiety could be (coughs) helped mitigated alleviated (coughs) if we were physically healthy so resting well eating properly. One of the things that as I'm talking to you and drinking coffee again, uh, one of the things that I, I need to, to maybe cut down on is things like caffeine. I think these things all actually play a role because we're psychosomatic beings. Yep. We got to keep these things in mind. But And it's not that the rest, that suddenly the anxiety will, will disappear, but I think that we'll think more properly, we'll be clearer of course. when we're physically well and rested. Yeah, your mind... Uh, goes crazy in a way with lack of sleep totally yeah you know you can't function well you can't think well and i think at the same time there's other physical things like exercise yep 
that releases chemicals in our brain that 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 does so much for our body to combat anxiety, combat stress, combat you know different struggles that we have. There's an aspect of are we looking at ourselves holistically, mm-hmm. not one dimensionally, and that means that we're not just looking at a spiritual side of our our beings but we are soul in and body yep. that we have to consider all factors uh, of our lives to see are there areas that may be contributing to it. Yeah. Now, none of these are the magic pill. If you just do this, you're just going to be free. Now, that's yep. it's not what we're saying, but we are saying that there are connections between how we're caring for the body God has given us and the response of the body. The yeah. body is so weak, that's and right. it only gets weaker with age. Right, we're we're not we're not in getting better and healthier as we get older. Just you, you know, s- you said that and like smiled at me because I'm I'm getting old. Is uh, that just what because you're, you're a little you're older, a little than, older than me? Than yeah, yeah, you're a little yeah, older than you. me, so I can always. Uh, well, well, you said the magic word. You said the magic pill. Yeah. Okay, that's an interesting word even to use because Roger, this is something you've thought about, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and people come to us often and talk to us about their anxiety and and ways that maybe they can approach their anxiety. And sometimes they come and they ask us, hey, look, I've been prescribed this pill. Yep. What do you think? Is it sinful? Yep. Should I take this? Should I not? You know, what do you, so what do you think about that? You've been studying this for a while now. Yeah, yeah so somebody asked me a question about a medication. My, my first response is I'm not a medical doctor and you need to talk to your medical doctor about medication. Now, if you want to understand it from uh, uh, you know, try to think through it in a biblical perspective. Yeah, I think the one resource that I fo- found was really helpful was by Mike Emlett called Descriptions and Prescriptions. He was a former medical doctor, became a biblical counselor, and wrote a book about how we should think about medication. What I loved about it was he took the middle ground approach. Mm. He said it may be helpful. It may not be helpful depending on who you are and your circumstances and how you respond. The pill is not a savior, nor is the pill an evil. You know, and so he takes this approach that sometimes it helps and can be used, but maybe not. So he he helps you think through how should I think through this? Nice. Because most of the time the camps are no medication at all because God's word is sufficient. You shouldn't need it, which I think is an extreme position that doesn't take into account our bodies and God's grace in medicine. Mm -hmm. And then there is the medicine is the solution. Let's just keep trying different things. And eventually we'll find the pill that solves all your issues. Right. And so I I really like that book to help think through how we should uh, think about medication so that we can see it as God's grace may or may not be helpful, but we never tell people stop taking your medication right. or take it. We always want to refer people to talk to a medical doctor who understands uh, what it could do to the body so that they regulate the doses. Yeah. Doses. That's their uh, realm of responsibility, not ours. So, so we don't tell anyone stop taking your medication. We don't tell anyone start taking medication. Sometimes we, after talking to people, we go and start medication. But <laughs> no, that's true. No, that's, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> but, we want to. We might want to. Yeah. No. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, but that's. Can you can you give the name of the book one more time so that yeah. our listeners would descriptions and prescriptions by Mike Emlett. Very good. Yeah, I've got that book on my shelf. I have not read it yet. It's a short book. You can get yeah. through it really quickly. A couple hours, nice. you know, of reading, and it's it's just a, a good 
yeah. uh, summary. Um, so right on. Well, there was a question, Roger, that came up. Yes, we got one listener question that uh, on this topic topic of anxiety uh, that we wanted to discuss and try to answer. Um, and so I'm going to read this question uh, uh, from a listener, and then let's see how we answer it. So this is what he says. I understand and fully believe in God's use of anxiety in a believer's life to wean the Christian from this world and to place his hope and reliance on God and eternity. Being reminded that all is frail and we have no control reminds us to let go of our lives here and look to God. But how do you both balance that truth with responsibilities that come with life, like caring for children and wives? How can you not be anxious about what might happen to you or to them, and that you can die or they can get sick and yet let go, in quotes, of that anxiety without losing your love and care for them? That's a good question, and there's questions within the question, right? There's yeah. more than one thing um, that we should discuss uh, in, in answering this question, but I'll give you the first uh, oh, uh, shot at answering the question. And, and, if, and if the person doesn't like the answer, then I'll try to answer and, oh. and, and see if one of these might, might help. What did you study? And what did I study? Okay. Anyway, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll try. I, I think uh, it, it's interesting— that you know talking about this whole how do i um how do i let go without losing your love and care for your your mm. wife and kids and, uh, and it's such such an interesting question so if i'm not anxious over them then does that mean that i don't care enough about them mm -hmm. that they don't mean enough to me and i think um i think there's the problem with that thinking is that um that misses what the Lord kind of calls us to in how our love for him actually strengthens, I think, mm. our love for anybody else. Okay. Our, our love and trust in him, I should say, will strengthen our ability to love and serve uh, our, our own families. I, If I think that I'm in control or if I am just constantly concerned and worried and, and trying to, uh, you know, bubble package them or something like that so that, that nothing happens to them. And um, there are so many things that they will miss out on, so many things that they won't grow in, so many yeah. things that they uh, won't have the opportunity to experience. Um, in, in some cases, that's, that was one of the things that came to my mind. On the other hand, my trust in the Lord I think enhances my love for them because I want to keep pointing them to the Lord okay. and pointing Good. them away from me. Like he was, you know, the, the, the question is asking about our, whether we, you know, we, we're going to, we may die. Right. And how yeah. does that play into our family's lives? Well, I want my family to be ready for that day. Yeah. I, I want them to be aware that that could very well happen. It could happen right after this, but it can happen right now on the mm. air. Um, <laughs> we I hope not, but it can. Um, and I need to point them away from me to the Lord for their strength, for yeah. their peace of mind. Um, so there's some of the, just the ideas that were coming to my mind as I was reading that question. Yeah. 
I like that as I think about what you're saying about preparing your family and, and I'll add some other thoughts on onto it too um it made me think about the reality that this does happen at times mm. mm-hmm. that people die you can say premature it's not premature in god's sovereignty right. but it's premature in our eyes so over the last few years i've seen this with people i've known multiple times now so the first one was a friend of mine who is my age maybe a year or two maybe maybe your age um <laughs> ouch who, um <laughs> She passed away, uh-huh. and uh, she left a husband with two children under the age of 10. There was the next one. I've talked about my uh, the church I was at prior yeah. to here that yeah. I did ministry with for a few years. Uh, he was in his early 50s. He had five children mm. from 22 down to like eight or nine. And uh, he suddenly had a heart attack on a Sunday after preaching at church, mm. went home on the couch resting, had a heart attack, went in the hospital, never came out, was gone. Yeah. And then the third one was my uh, a pastor I knew when I first became a believer and did some ministry with. He mentored me a little bit. Um, and he had three boys, all teenage boys, and something happened um, during this time of covid and he went in the hospital and never came out, and he was probably in his early 50s, too. Mm-hmm. These are all people 50, 40s and 50s. These are really young yeah. with young children, um, and so it does happen. But the one story that I remember was um, with my pastor with the five kids. Yeah. Went to his funeral service, and it was both, you know, you feel the tension, both heartbreaking, but but the the understanding that uh, there is hope in the gospel mm-hmm. but when i heard his kids speak mm-hmm. and when i saw what was coming out of their mouths and how they were handling this i thought he did well in preparing them for this day he had no idea right but he prepared them well with the, the hope of the gospel yeah. and to trust in the lord and to to be in pain with hope yeah. And to be pointed. So that emphasis that you bring out is so important is, are we preparing our families well? Are we pointing them to Christ? Are we pointing them to the ultimate hope that this life is temporary? There is an eternity. Now, when we think about this life and we think about the practical things, mm-hmm. I think there's practical things we can do to help our families and to provide for our families. Like sure. He asked a question about, you know, how do we care for our children and and wives if something happens to us, um, you know, that come with, or how do we balance the truth of uh, responsibilities of caring for children and wives? Yeah. Thinking about that, I mean, preparing them even financially. Mm-hmm. Do you have life insurance for your family if something happens to you? Yep. Whether you just have a wife or you have children, are you are you thinking financially, that yep. a financial provision? Are you part of a... a a body of Christ if something does occur. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the practical things of life, um, I think, are imp- important in answering that question. Yeah. Um, is, it, is it wrong to be anxious or to care about that? No. It's not wrong to be concerned. It's wrong if it paralyzes you. Right. It can become wrong. Because if you're so focused on that, then then you look in your heart. Am I trusting in the Lord's sovereign hand? You, no, none of us control tomorrow. We don't know. 
it's okay to be concerned. I we should all think about that because you love your family. Yeah. But to just be paralyzed with, I don't know what's going to happen. That that might show that we're our our focus is not on God anymore, but we're just looking, you know, at this this world. So. Yeah, I I think that's a really important point that where where are our eyes where where is our hope right if i focus so much on my concerns because look the reality is i have a lot of concerns for my family mm-hmm. i mean many of them spiritual in nature too they're so in other words they're not just oh i, I want them to have a great education or anything like that yeah. it, hey these are and they're gen- genuine concerns will they know the lord will mm-hmm. they follow him okay as parents we think about that a lot but how do I balance that with trusting a faithful God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have to come to a place where I believe, and I, I do believe this, that God is good mm-hmm. and <clears throat> trustworthy and faithful, and he cares about me, even if, God forbid, something happened to my family, or even if my children never come to know him and trust mm-hmm. him. That, that's a hard thing to process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of godly men and women whose children have walked away from the things of God. And okay, these are concerns, genuine concerns. But is God somehow not good if that outcome actually comes to fruition? It takes place, right? And the answer is no. It, it might be hard for me to grasp, but God is yet good. And so I think a lot of this talk of anxiety comes down to, you know, I like to play it out. I like to ask myself, okay, worst case scenario. What's the worst case scenario? And I and I can play that all the way out. And there are some things that are terrifying to me, yeah. humanly speaking. But I have to ask myself, why are they terrifying? And is there something else in my thinking that's wrong? Can God be good and, oh, God forbid, okay? <laughs> can by God be good and my children not know him? And the answer is still yes. And it's hard to think that, yeah. but it's important, I think, mm-hmm. to think that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that th- it is interesting when we think about our lives and we connect that to God's goodness. And yeah. if it's favorable, God is good. God is good when I land the job. God is good when my uh, kids profess Christ. God is good when all is well. But when all falls apart, does God's goodness suddenly change because right. my circumstances change? We don't know the rea- the all that's behind our circumstances, but if the character of God wanes based on what's going on in our circumstances, we've made a subjective understanding of God's goodness because your God is really good to you right now in your life because things are good, but look how bad God is in my life. And then we can go down the rabbit hole of what did I do to deserve this? And we think that... God may be punishing us. God may be, you know, doing, you know, acting in a way that is contrary to his character uh, in Scripture. Because we see God allows his people, as the rain goes on the just and the unjust, that we all go through things. We don't get to choose them, but we do get to choose how we're going to respond. And are we still going to hold on to it, even if it makes no sense to us? We don't need to understand to still hold on to the truth. Look, we we can look at places in Scripture, like the story of Joseph, where if his father was watching and seeing those each moment, he would be angry and frustrated and panic and would want to stop it from happening. 
but if he hadn't if if that had stopped mm-hmm. the the promise wouldn't have continued yeah right um look no further than the cross mm-hmm. mary didn't want the cross she's looking at her son crucified dying on the cross yeah but that cross led to a burial and a resurrection and is our salvation so part of trusting the lord is trusting that even in the humanly speaking worst possible moments there's still a faithful god who's got a plan that's deeper and wiser than yeah. we can know uh you know i think about abraham taking isaac to go and and, and sacrifice him you can't get uglier humanly yeah. speaking you can't get scarier i'm gonna take my own son, my son's own his life <laughs> myself like what are we talking about but he trusted somehow in God's goodness and grace to the point that he said he, he you know, Hebrew says he believed that he could raise him from the dead. Yeah. And so that that's part of where faith and anxiety meet together, right? Where that clash occurs and, and faith should um, consume it, so to speak. Yeah. And even if we're anxious in that moment, can we still walk forward and take one more step? Yeah. It's not the absence of it. It's it's are we moving toward God in it and yeah. with it because Amen. he's with us and he's working in ways we don't understand. I wonder what was really going on in Abraham's mind and, and heart yeah. as he was walking that path, right? What are you thinking at that time? Mm-hmm. Wrestling with thoughts. I'm sure there was anxiety there. Yeah, And and I don't think we can, we just lift these up as heroes of look how strong their faith was. Be just like him. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're men just like us with faults just like us and concerns just like us. Yeah. And, yeah. and Paul, we said in one of the episodes, I don't remember, we were referring back to, to just Paul himself. Yeah. He's despaired even of life. He was anxious, but he saw beyond the anxiety. Hey, look, once again, Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, yep. take this cup from me. But he's not going to be disobedient because of his anxiety. He's dealing with it at the same time, going, "Okay, Lord, uh, give me grace in this," and uh, and and still walking forward, like you said. It's not easy. It's a great question because that's where a lot of my anxieties are, <laughs> frankly, with family, yeah. with with my loved ones. Um, yeah, even the congregation, I suppose, can make me anxious because uh, I do love them. But yeah, <laughs> this is where the anxiety is exactly right—the things and people we love. Yeah. Um, but God, who we love, and more importantly, who loves us, gives us grace to to get through it. Yeah, that's good. Let me ask you one last question. Please don't. Before we end. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> you ever get anxious after you preach a sermon on how people might respond or t- or understand what you are trying to get through to them? No, never, Roger. <laughs> never. I never spend the rest of Sunday wondering. <laughs> how I could have said things differently. And I wish that I hope that it communicated and, and I, I'm anxious that they would, you know, grasp it and live it. And yeah, no, never, I've never experienced that. That's great. I'm glad you got to that level of sanctification. <laughs> you can help us all out. <laughs> well, we can talk about this topic of anxiety. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different angles that we're trying to bring out. Uh, we hope that this is encouraging to you, something that y- helps you think through. And if you have comments or questions or, rebuttals feel free to send them jason's way um <laughs> and he'll definitely answer them for you next time now but we we hope you're uh, uh enjoying these episodes and that you'll continue to join us uh, on the next episode if you enjoyed this episode of the rod and staff podcast 
please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.